This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you. God bless all of you. I'm glad you're here today. Just to start off real quick, if you need a Bible, once you get your hand up real high, and our ushers will get you a Bible. I've forgotten to do that. Again, your owner's manual. Once you got a Bible, I know many of you are note takers. I'm just going to outline real quick. We're going to be in Acts 1, Acts 2, Acts 10, and Acts 19. And you say, well, Pastor, you might as well go the whole book of Acts. Well, promise you, I thought about it. And we don't have that much time. So you're going to go to the book of Acts chapter 1. As we're turning to Acts 1, we're still just here on our, our series on the Holy Spirit. The prophet Zechariah said in Zechariah 4, 6, it's not by might nor by power, but by the Holy Spirit. So anytime we eliminate the Holy Spirit from our lives, we don't welcome him, I believe we're going to get off track. I, I don't believe God ever intended for us to do stuff always out of our own abilities and our talents. And so as we go to Acts chapter 1, let, let me tell you a little bit where we're at in the history of the church. Uh, the Lord Jesus was, he was mocked, he was tortured, he was crucified, he rose from the grave. The Bible tells us that for 40 days he walked the earth before he ascended into heaven where he's at the right hand of the Father right now. So we are in that 40 day period when he writes this right here, okay? Acts chapter 1. Verse 4, and being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he has said, you've heard this from me. Now, Jesus right here, I believe to these, uh, these disciples here, he's saying, I endorse this, okay? I, I want you to get this. Now, ha have this thought here just a little bit. Remember, he had warned them on numerous occasions, I'm going to be mocked, I'm going to be tortured, crucified, but I'll rise again. So they, they got to a place in their life where they knew when Jesus speaks, we better listen. Kind of like E.F. Hutton. When E.F. Hutton, but Jesus got a lot more clout than E.F. Hutton. So when Jesus speaks, let's listen. Verse 5. For John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So the promise of the Father was that of the Holy Spirit. Chapter 1, verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And so the focus here becomes on the mission of believers that I, I don't believe can be accomplished without the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. So the work of the Holy Spirit that Jesus was talking about was within us and upon us here. And the distinct purpose was for believers to be empowered to serve and to do the work of God right here on earth. Now, this was Jesus' highlight. Turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Now, as you hit Acts 2 this morning, you're going to begin to see some specific manifestations of the Holy Spirit. 
There are a lot of different forms of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. So, the song we sang, let's get rid of our traditions. Let's get rid of religion. Let's just allow the Word of God to teach us today. Okay? Acts 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were with all in one accord in one place. Whoo, that, that unity is, is a move of heaven, guys, right there. Verse 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Not a wind, but like a wind, suggesting the unseen power of the Holy Spirit. Now, we live in a place called West Texas. I've never seen the wind. I've seen the effects of the wind just the last few days. How many have had any dust in your eyes? If you've got hair, how many of you have had a bad hair day? You know what I found out about hair? When you get older, you don't, you don't grow bald. Your hair just begins to go underground, and it starts coming out in your nose and your ears. <laughs> I'm not positive why I shared that with you, but it may help some of you that are losing your hair. Verse 3. Then there appeared to them divided tongues of fire, and one set upon each of them. And so when you see tongues of fire, it wasn't fire, but it, it was like fire. And, and many believe here it was the symbol of his divine presence. The presence of the Holy Spirit. Now, John said in Matthew three eleven, he said, there's coming one after me who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now when we talk about fire, fire has the ability to purify and fire has the ability to destroy. Is there anything in your life that needs to be purified? Yes, every part of me. And is there anything in your life that needs to be destroyed? Yes. There's a lot of junk in my life and a lot of crud in my life that only the Holy Spirit will move out of me. Now, you don't have to show a hand here, but if you've ever had problems with things like lying or stealing, many times we have the thought, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to lie anymore. I'm not going to steal anymore. I've got this thing called willpower. And willpower works a day, maybe two days. Maybe three days if you really got a little strong willpower. And then what happens? All hell breaks loose. See, again, we will not accomplish things without the power of the Holy Spirit. This, this is why the prophet Zechariah says, it's not by mind nor power, but it's by the Spirit of God. Verse 4, don't hit the emergency break on verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit 
And the all was on all 120 of them. And they begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance or gave them ability. Now, immediately, verse 2, verse 3, verse 4, you see some of the manifestations, the wind, the fire, and the speaking of other tongues. So when I read this right here, my purpose in this is for us to be biblically taught about the spiritual manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And we've got to get away from this, this phrase, well, this is what I was told. Well, let's scratch that out and let's get rid of what we were told and say, what does the Bible say? What does the Word of God say? There's a pastor that I highly, highly respect. And he told many years ago that when he was on his way to Bible, Bible school, to seminary, his pastor set him down and said, let me tell you two things before you depart to go to school. He said, number one, stay away from many people that claim to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And especially those lunatics that say they pray in other tongues. Well, this is what I was told. But it's interesting to me that on the day of Pentecost, these 120 were filled with the Holy Spirit. And that 120 includes the 11 original apostles. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they, they spoke with other tongues. Do you know the Lord Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit? Do you know there's a guy named Paul who said in, in Ephesians 5.18 to be filled and to be filled and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and this was a guy named Paul who wrote the majority of the New Testament. Now it's always interesting to me when people begin to bash things like this instead of just being taught the, the word of God. Now I'm gonna fill in some blanks here for you just real quick. If you really wanna study some of these lines, if you would go to 1 Corinthians 14, just read the entire chapter. The apostle Paul starts in verse one and he says, the greatest thing is love. We gotta be people of love. And then his next words, he said, but desire spiritual gifts. Now, why would he tell us to desire spiritual gifts if that wouldn't benefit us? And then this same apostle Paul said this, I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. Yet in the church, I would rather speak five words in my understanding than 10,000 in a tongue. So if he wasn't praying or speaking in other tongues at church, where was he doing that? He was doing that in his private life. And he gets over into 1 Corinthians 14 and he talks about that the person that prays in an unknown tongue, it edifies himself. It strengthens himself. He said it is unfruitful to the mind. And then later on in 1 Corinthians 14, he said this. This is the conclusion. I'll pray in the spirit and I'll pray in my understanding. I'll sing in the spirit and I'll sing in my understanding. Now, it's interesting that Paul said this. Keep reading here and let's let the Bible teach you something. Verse 5. 
And there was dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and they were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language or in his own dialect. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look or not all these, he speak Galileans. And how is it we hear each other in our own language when we were born? Parthian, Medes, Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Capodicea, Pontus, Asia, Phygeria, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya, joining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues. Now let me help you with a little bit with that. We hear these Galileans speaking in their own tongues. This was before Rosetta Stone came out. Huh. So it's pretty obvious they weren't taught how to do this. So a number of years ago now, me and Shelly became really, really good friends with a Jewish man. He was raised in all the Hebrew traditions, all the feasts, all the festivals. And he's a young man, lives in the Pittsburgh area. He began to become attracted to a little Gentile girl, which is a pretty much of a no-no for Jews and Gentiles to, to mix. But the little Gentile girl said to him, the only way I'll ever date you is if you go to church with me. Some of you young ones, you may ought to heed that right there. Just a thought. She went to a Bible-believing, spirit-filled church. Well, he started going to church with her. It's amazing what will motivate a guy for a girl. <laughs> How many in here met your wife at a church? <laughs> it's a good thing. So he goes to church week after week after week. No intention for the things of God. He... He's just in love, he thinks. So one Sunday, he says to his little Gentile girlfriend, I need to go to the bathroom. So he's leaving the service. He walks through this foyer. And as he's walking through, there's a guy sitting out there by himself. And, and he gets real close, and he looks at the guy. And he hears the guy speaking in Hebrew. So he goes to the bathroom, he comes back through and the guy's still speaking in Hebrew and he stops and he looks and goes, you're Jewish. And the guy goes, I'm not Jewish. And he goes, you're Jewish. And he goes, I'm not Jewish. And he said, but I hear you speaking all these prayers that I learned as a child. And the guy looks at him and said, listen, dude, let me tell you what's going on. I came to church one day, I repented of my sins, I got born again, they told me to get filled with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit came upon me, and for 20 years I've been praying in other tongues. So he said, that's all that's happening. This Jewish man goes back into the service, repents of his sin, gets born again, and becomes a Messianic Jew, and he gets filled with the Holy Spirit. And 50 years later, he's still praying in other tongues. Yeah. 
Do you know his family disowned him for that for a number of years? But before long, before they all died, he led them all to Jesus. This same Jewish man, he, he starts a Bible study with a bunch of Catholic women, 10 of them. Within a year, he has 2,000, and, and they're uh, Italian Catholics. He said, you know what happened to me? I said, what? And he goes, I gained massive weight. All they want to do is feed me meatballs. <laughs> but I begin to see here, this guy understood something happened when I got filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, watch the end of verse 11. And we hear them speaking in our own tongues, the wonderful works of God. Now, when people say that praying in tongues is of the devil, do you see? They're, they're talking about the wonderful works of God. It's all by the Holy Spirit. Same chapter, verse 14. But Peter, standing up with the leaven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words, for these are not drunk as you pose since only the third hour of the day. It's nine in the morning. And evidently they thought they were drunk. Now, I'm going to highlight a little bit of my old man before I got born again. I don't say this with great honor. But there were a lot of times in my life, in my teenage years, that I got drunk. But there was never one time that I went out with all my buddies and said, Hey, fellas, let's all get drunk tonight and then just pray in other tongues. I, I don't know if any of you have done that, but I never did do that. So you begin to see here how weird things have become. And, and when you see the apostle Paul talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit and praying in other tongues, he never mentions anything hysteria, emotionalism, or a bunch of fanatics. Now, pay close attention as we dig in this. Verse 16, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. So one of the outpouring of the spirit of God was the prophecy. They'll, they'll have proven insight. They'll warn, they'll correct, and they'll encourage. And then he says, your young men shall see visions. You'll see visions, divine revelations. I, I, I still see visions, guys, okay? Because I'm still young. Just highlighting that for you. Your old men shall dream dreams. What's that mean? They'll have thoughts and images. And on my men servants and my maids, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. So what you begin to see here again is some manifestations of the Holy Spirit that were prophesied by Joel in Joel 2 verse 28. Now, if you got a problem with any of this, look at the end of verse 17 and it says, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God. Says God. It didn't say man, it says God. So what I highlight off of it, 
this outpouring of the Spirit of God was God's idea. It was God's design. Now, I'm going to take you on a little journey. Go to Acts chapter 10. And what I'm going to do here is I'm going to show you biblically just how over and over through the church of Acts, you begin to see this pattern take place. Whether it was through Peter or through the apostle Paul. Now, I got to move fast because I got a bunch of scriptures. So if you're a note taker, get ready. Acts 10 verse 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment. He was a Roman military officer. It says a devout man, a thoroughly good man. Let's let the Bible define what a devout man was. One who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generally to the people, and he prayed to God always. This guy had extraordinary character. How was it shown? He feared God. He gives and he prays. So when I read this about this man named Cornelius, you know what I find out? This dude was seeking God. You know what I believe he was saying? There's got to be more to life than what I'm experiencing. I got to get deeper with the things of God. Verse 3, about the ninth hour of the day, three in the afternoon, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming and saying to him, Cornelius, do you know God still moves in these directions? And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before me. His compassion for the poor, but also Cornelius' actions here, they, they drew favorable attention to God. And I believe this becomes an example to us. So he said, your lifestyle has come a memorial before God. So I got to paraphrase here a little bit. This angel tells him, he goes, listen. Send men to Joppa and ask for a guy named Peter. And Peter will tell you or teach you the things you need to know. So the next day, Peter's in prayer. And while he's in prayer, this is all Acts 10. You can read this in your own time, okay? It says that he falls in a trance. And God starts dealing with his heart. Same chapter. Pick up with me in verse 17, Acts 10, 17. Now, while Peter wondered within himself what the vision which he had seen meant, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry from Simon's house, and they stood before the gate. And they called and asked where their Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. While Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Now, this is the same Peter who got filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men who had been sent to him from Cornelius and said, yes, I am he whom you seek. For what reason have you come? So Peter goes with these guys back to Cornelius' house. And, And Cornelius begins to explain, and he said, listen, four days ago I was in prayer and, and God said to send for me, for, for you, and you'll come here, and you'll tell us what we need to know. Same chapter, verse 33. So I sent to you immediately, and you have done well to come. Now, therefore, we are all present before God to hear all the things God commanded you by God. So you know what he just said? Teach us the word of God. Tell us the truth. Verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, 
I perceive that God shows no partiality. God doesn't play favoritism. God has no bias. God doesn't go through here and go eeny, meeny, miny, mo. you're in, you're out. He doesn't do that. Now, the reason Peter says this, guys, is Peter is a Jew, Cornelius was a Gentile. At that time, Jews and Gentiles did not intermix in anything, okay? And, and this was what the Holy Spirit began to tell him. There's no partiality. Now, watch real close what begins to take place. Verse 35. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel. And again, God sent his word to the Jewish people first. Preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. Jesus died for every one of us. And this is what Peter's telling. He's Lord of all. Verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen that before. Our Lord and Savior Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit and with power. Now here's an extra credit thought for you. If Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit and power, don't you think we would need him too? And when you look at everything that Jesus did on this earth, how he went about doing good and healing, it was all by the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 13, well, we got quiet in here. You guys are thinking. Verse 43, to him all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. Peter, this Jew's teaching all this to these Gentiles. And they begin, Jesus wants to forgive you and Jesus wants to save you. Man, they're, they're just absorbing everything that's coming at them. Now, verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision, the Jews who believed, were astonished as many came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? So they get born again and they get filled with the Holy Spirit. And he ends this and says, and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, Jews and Gentiles were united. Acts 19, one more stop. Acts 19, verse 1. Again, man, you got to take good notes. You got to read your Bible, okay? Read your Bible. Get into the Word, man, and God, God will begin to teach you. Acts 19, verse 1. And it happened while Paul and while Paul 
And it happened while Apollos, an apostle, was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. Finding some disciples. You know what that is? They're born again. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Okay. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? This is the only qualifications I can find for receiving the Holy Spirit. You got to be born again. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So again, these guys, they're born again. But he asked this great question. And they follow up and they said, we've not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. You know, when I read that, I thought, I wonder if these guys went to the same church I did as a kid. I, I never was told about the Holy Spirit. I, I used to say the Holy who? So right here, what you see, their knowledge about the Holy Spirit was defective. Now, if this wasn't a big deal, then why, why did Paul start highlighting this? They're born again, but Paul knew they needed more. And so he goes on to say, and he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. What was John's baptized? I mean, baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance. Three types of baptism. Repentance, water, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of repentance, saying on the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So what's interesting about verse 5, it's the only time in the New Testament where you can find he re-water baptized these guys. Huh. Is that wrong? And listen. I'm not trying to change theology. I'm not trying to make a new doctrine. But it's interesting that he, he re-water baptized. Let me ask you something. How many of you here, when you got water baptized, you got water baptized at a young age, and you probably didn't even know why you did it except your mom and dad wanted you to. Anybody in here like that? I did. That's exactly what happened to me. There's a pastor, he's 87 now. I heard him say this years ago. And he got on this verse right here. He said, I've been rebaptized numerous times in water. And when he said that, I remember sitting there and I sat up in my seat and I thought, okay, okay, where's he going with this? And he said, I got water baptized at a young age. I didn't know what it was about, so he got re-water baptized. But he said, you know what I found out going through this thing called life? There's many seasons in my life where it seems like the world just starts sticking to me. It's like when the disciples would go through uh, their, their cities and, and the dust would get on their feet. You go through this world long enough, the world's going to get on you. And so you know what he said? Not to wash away my sins, the blood of Jesus wash away my sins. But he said, I, I just wanted a fresh commitment. I just want, so he said, I got water baptized numerous times. I was water baptized as a third grader. 
five years ago on a Wednesday night in July, I got water baptized right out here on this front lawn. And you know who water baptized me in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit? My wife did. Now, it was good in certain ways, but there are other ways. I was glad we had people there because she got me down by the throat and she wouldn't, she kept me under. She had me down. I'm just kidding. She said, we're going to make sure that old man dies today. Let, let, let me go on. Let me elaborate just a little bit on this. Three years ago, I believe it was, we were, and I say we, uh, my pastoral staff, we were all down in Dallas at a pastor's conference. 5,000 ministers there. And we heard this teaching on water baptism, the stuff I'm just talking about. The reason I'm highlighting this, because I know many of you are here to, do, to be water baptized today or you have family members. The minister speaking on this, he talked on Acts 19.5 about water baptism. And he said, I believe there's many of you here today that you're ordained ministers, but when you got water baptized, didn't mean much to you. Or the world is really sticking to you today. So he said, you know what? We're going to baptize in water. Anybody who wants to, just come out into the parking lot. Well, when he said that, there's 5,000 of us there. I'm thinking, how am I going to sign up for that? A thousand. They were lined up out of the building everywhere. They were being water baptized in jeans and socks and suits, just anything. And one of the guys that was baptized there today is Pastor Evan, who's going to baptize today. He heard that teaching and he came up and he said, Pastor, I got to get water baptized again. I need to be dunked again. So they're water baptized. Verse 6. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. They spoke with tongues and they prophesied. Wow. Do you begin to see from verse to verse to verse, chapter to chapter, what began to take place here? So as I read this, I think we're called to repent. And you think about this with repentance. Do you only repent one time in your life and you're good forever? Ooh, if you do, you're getting your bottom kicked. The, day, the, the greatest daily vitamin I can take is repentance. It's sorrowful. It says, God, I don't want to do that. Pastor, do you repent every day? Oh, numerous times every day. You know why? I got this thing called the flesh. He's born again, but he's still being purified. Let me ask you something. When you get born again, you give Jesus your heart and you ask him to come in and be Lord of your life. You know, I don't think there's a day that goes by that I don't say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart and be Lord. I need you to be Lord of my life again today. But why have, we, why have we not taught about the Holy Spirit? 
Why have we backed away from the Holy Spirit? Because the devil has twisted things. And he's made us think with words like Pentecostal or charismatic. They're not charismatic, they're crazy-matic. They're they're a bunch of granola Christians. They're nutty and they're flaky. But when I get around people that are truly filled with the Holy Spirit, I never sense that. So I'm going to ask you to stand up here today. I believe this is one of the greatest downfalls to our churches right now. That we don't emphasize the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit was about power. Are there other manifestations? Absolutely. I'm going to ask you to bow your head right there where you're at. Are you here today and do you need to repent of your sins? I need to repent of my sins. I realize you can do that right there where you're at. But you can also come to the altar and repent and say, Man, Father God, I, I want my heart right with you. Yeah, Pastor, but if I do that, everybody will think something's wrong with me. But let me help you with that. They already think something's wrong with you. You came to church. Don't let that hinder you, okay? I, I open up these altars today. And if that's you today, I, I welcome you and say, and I'm just coming. I'm just coming to, to be forgiven. The second area was I got to make Jesus Lord of my life. The way I do that is not only do I repent of my sin, I ask Jesus to come into my heart and be Lord. I confess him with my mouth and I believe in my heart that he's the son of God. You need to give your heart to Jesus today. If you do, I I welcome you to come down here, okay? I I, I welcome you. Maybe you need to to have a fresh commitment to say, you know what, Lord Jesus, I'm asking you to come back. Come on down here, buddy. Come on down here where I can see you. Anybody else want to join him? Wow. I see you. Anybody else? This is big, guys. It's big. Come on, I see you. Come on. We welcome you. It's It's just the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God. Anybody else? We've got six down here. I'm going to ask if you're part of our prayer team, if you just come and stand behind them. I, not only come and stand, just put your hands on them. Something happens, we just lay hands on them to stir the kingdom of God up within them. It's the goodness of God. 
going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. And if you feel comfortable, just stretch your hands to heaven. Father God, we stand before you today. The God who so loved the world. And Father God, we take time right now to repent of our sins. Not something that you must do. He says that you'll confess your sins with your mouth. And so, Father God, you, you've got to do this right now. Everyone, this, this is repentance 101. And Father God, I'm sorry for my actions, my behavior. I'm sorry for the, the sins of my mouth, the sins of my thoughts. I'm, I'm sorry, Father God, for anything I've done to dishonor your name, to break your commandments today. And Father God, we ask right now that you forgive us and you cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, every one of you down here and every one of you in the audience, I welcome you say that. And Lord Jesus, I ask you today to come into my heart and be Lord of my life. I acknowledge your blood, your broken body. I acknowledge what you did for me on the cross. And today, I ask you to come in and be Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, I'm born again. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's clap. Now, those are two great things, but that wasn't the end. And he said, you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. Two biblical ways to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Luke 11, verse 13, the Lord Jesus said that if you'll ask for the Holy Spirit, I'll give him. Oh, Father God, I ask you in Jesus' name for the Holy Spirit. That's the first way. The second way is what we just read. Acts 19.6, he said, and lay hands on them and they'll receive the Holy Spirit. I can tell you this right now. It's got to be your choice. But I can tell you this in my life, the three greatest things that God blessed me with in this order was one, I got born again. Two, I got filled with the Holy Spirit 40 years ago. And three, I married her. Woohoo! Just tell you, it's one of the greatest gifts you can receive. So, if you would like us to lay hands on you, we got our prayer team down here, and you would like us to pray for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I welcome you down here, okay? And so our team's going to uh, sing and, and, and worship here. If that's you, come on down. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.